All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Martha. Yes. Here we go again. Well, we're back at it. <laughs> well, you know, we have spent the last six episodes, over a month, right. over a month, talking wow. about the family tree. Well, time has gone like a, by. Time has gone by. Right. It did not feel like it's been a month, but I hope we covered enough things to get people motivated. Well, I feel motivated, and I was part of the series. That's uh, right. When I listen to each episode, when I go back and listen to them, we have covered six different topics. And those topics, if you really listen to all six, they have prepared us and prepared the listeners to mm-hmm. actually start the family tree, refine the, the family tree, realize and understand things that they didn't know, mm-hmm. uh, figure out a, a path in which to right. get started. And I think everything from the scope of it, why you started, how you know how do you approach it whether you're going to approach it with a wide uh, view or a narrow view how honest are you going to be with your family tree right the blurred relationships we talked about the the degrees of relationships and cousins mm-hmm. so we've covered a lot that has to do with the family tree Yes, we have. How do you assess what we've talked about? And before we even go any further, would you please give a shout out to your niece, my cousin, that encouraged us to get started. You know who she is. You've kept it a mystery from me. (laughs) So, So give her the kudos she deserves, and then we'll begin to move forward. Excellent. Well, this would not have come about if it were not for my beautiful niece, Walana. It is her wisdom that prompted me to ask you, could we do something on ancestry? Mm -hmm. So it's a shout out to her. She's encouraged both of us by just that simple request. And I'm hoping that everyone has a niece like I did that wants to know more about our history. Well, I want to say thank you also. So what is the niece name? Willana. Willana. Yes. So Willana, I want to thank you also for just your interest, keeping up with the podcast. And not only you, Willana, there are other cousins, there are other listeners who are involved and we receive messages from those individuals and they keep us updated on their thoughts. And I would like to give out a shout-out to my siblings, Francine, William, Billy. I would like to give a shout-out also to Michael, uh, Terrell Titus. So many people have responded, and they keep us updated on what their thoughts are. Same here. I thank all of them, because without them, it would be meaningless to talk about our history and our families. So Martha, how would you how would you assess these last six episodes and what did you get out of it? 
I think these episodes have been an eye-opener for me because it made me really think about things that you and I have done and how we do go about doing ancestry research, that we just do it by rote because we have been doing it for so long. Mm. But it gave us the opportunity to really think about what steps are needed, what you need to have in place before you can really say you're ready to create a family tree. Mm-hmm. I think that's been the eye-opener for me, to, to go back and to really reflect on what we do in detail so that we could, could get that information out simply to our listeners so that they could follow and they could understand the relevancy of your family tree and how it relates to your history and how it relates to history in general. We sometimes look at the tree as not being part of history. Mm-hmm. But you pointed out all the time, Frank, that it's a timeline within history. Mm-hmm that our generation is one timeline in our history now, but the past generations reflect their history at their time. And if you look at it with a broader lens, you see how they fit into the history of the world, Mm -hmm. of America. So that's what I got out of it. And I would say that, you know, hopefully we did a, a good job at relaying all of the information that's needed. There's some things we're going to cover tonight, but those are really uh, backdrops to the main points. What do you think? I I totally agree with you, with everything you've said. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I've I've learned lessons in my life, and it has to do with whenever you begin to call out names. And Mm -hmm. I have been guilty of when you call out names, you, you forget someone and the person that you take for granted. So right. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about my wife, Gloria. You call her That's your right. sister cousin. That's but right. I have to say to everyone, when Martha and I finish an episode, we do not post that episode until Gloria gives us the nod. She, she is the person that critiques our episodes to say, go ahead and post it. So I I just did not want to go any further into this episode really without mentioning the names of those individuals that are very close to us that we hear every time we post something. They're involved in the weekly post. So that, that was the intent. And I hope that we do not turn anyone off or turn you away. We really want to keep you involved. You know, Frank, I'd say also, so we don't forget, Mm -hmm. anyone who has sent their messages and their comments Mm -hmm. or even had a response to any of our episodes, Mm -hmm. we thank you because you you help us to make sure that we cover the things that are important for our people. Right. So So we have filled in the gap. One thing Mm -hmm. we have learned... The intent of Old School Thoughts was to create an an archive that will fill the gap. We know that the generation gap is coming. We can see it in play right now in Florida and in other places when we have people who are saying, you know, I don't care. I'm not going to vote. I don't have these thoughts. The gap is is happening. It's happening in pockets. But having these 
these recordings archived will give you the opportunity to discover this mm-hmm. podcast and get a mm-hmm. chance to listen to the episodes to really fill in those gaps. So right. as we move forward, I'm going to ask you, Martha, what are some of the challenges? So we have everyone moving forward now. We have everybody at a place to where we are prepared to get started on the family tree or right. we are prepared to refine the family tree. Family tree. Mm-hmm. What kind of challenges do you see present and future for the family tree? Well, you know, there's a lot of challenges because life has challenges. Mm-hmm. But some of the things are challenges to the information that we've been given that may not be correct. Mm-hmm. Often you find that information passed by word of mouth can sometimes be flawed. Mm-hmm. A name might be interjected for another name because somebody's looking at something from a long lens of what happened in their life when they were much younger. Mm-hmm. And so they may have confused one person with another mm-hmm. or just put the wrong name down on a document. I've encountered that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the things we need to look toward is sometimes you're going to look for someone and you're going to be looking at them for being African-American or Negro mm-hmm. or colored is one of the phrases that you'll see or some of the phrases that you'll see in the census record. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that family might also fall into a category called mulatto, Mm -hmm. or they may be actually a white person. Mm -hmm. But I would say when you fall into finding someone who is, that you think is white, that is part of your family, then you have to be extra careful and you have to do some extra layers of work of research before you can truly say this person is part of your tree. Because very often people carry similar names, especially when you look at the census records in America. The other thing to be aware of is sometimes family members change their names or had their names changed for them. Mm. And you may not always know that. So you might find that someone has a brother and you've seen it, in a census record where they're two brothers and they have two different name, last names. But they're brothers. They're blood brothers. But especially in the early records of 1870, 1880, they may have been sold and they carry two different names or they may have chosen two different names. So sometimes you have to be aware of those things as well. And I think something else we need to think about, and you brought this up, Frank, is that gender changes. Mm-hmm. We don't have that problem in the past, but we will have it in the future. Mm-hmm. And we'll have problems where the family structure is not a straight line, right. where there are many stepchildren or more than one husband and more than one relationship. But in those cases, those are half siblings. So you have to look out for half siblings as well as step siblings. I can't think of another one, but why don't you jump in and maybe you can add to that. Well, you know, one of the things I think about, and and, and it has to do with the gatekeepers or the person who feels that they need to take some things to their grave. 
they need to take promises to their grave. To let someone to to know that you have information that has to do with someone's mother or father, the identity mm-hmm. of that person's mother or father. Right. I think that's probably one of the cruelest things you can do. It might you might have the best of intentions, but that promise that you've made to keep that a secret is kind of like what I have witnessed with people who are adopted. At some mm-hmm. point, they decide to go out to find their biological parent. And then they'll come back after finding the biological parent, they'll say, this is still my mother and my father. This is just a biological person. Mm-hmm. They always seem to to want to find out who their biological parent is. But at the same time, when you find out and you know that you know someone and you know the name of their mother and father, it's up to that person to decide if they want to know or not. And even if you even if you have to put that name in an envelope and give it to that person and say inside of this envelope Mm -hmm. is information that's pertinent to your history. Now, you open it at your own risk. Right. But you should give that person the opportunity to make that decision and not realize it later on that they are not the biological child because more and more people are taking the DNA test. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't require someone to tell them they're not related anymore. They get it through the results of the DNA test. And they find out that they have a different mother or a different father and they want to know. And there's someone in the family who knows or who knew. Right. So I think that's going to be, that's going to continue to be a challenge, but I think there's a way in which we can discuss it and there's a Mm -hmm. way in which we can resolve it. Put it in the envelope. Give it to the person. Give them the choice. And when you spoke of the gender changes, I think that is going to be a challenge because we are used to when we find a female, we look for a spouse, male spouse. Right. When we look right. for a male, we look for a female spouse. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find two individuals who were married, and they're going to be both men or both women. Right. And, well, we've been just making that decision. There's a mistake somewhere. We have to look right. for a male. Uh, it's going to be right. correct. Right. It's going to be correct. And so we're going to have we're going to have some challenges. We have to figure out I think each person, each family, we have to figure out how they're going to approach that. But just understand there are going to be some challenges you know based on societal norms. It's going to change. And so we're going to have to figure out how you're going to apply that to your family tree. You know, I'd also say, since you brought up gatekeepers, you know, when people ask you to keep a secret, I have always thought that perhaps, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but perhaps that person meant, during my living life, keep this a secret. Yeah. I don't know if they are asking you to keep it a secret forever, mm-hmm. but because they're not clear in their instructions, we take it as a secret forever. But in reality, once that person is gone, what is the reason to keep the secret? Mm-hmm. You have to look ahead, like Frank says, that 
what harm are you causing when you keep something secret? By the same token, you also have to ask, what harm will I cause if I reveal it? Mm. So this is a judgment that you might want to make, and I think that's an excellent suggestion, to write something down, put it in a Bible, put it in somebody's hands and say, look, open this whenever you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And at least you're giving them the opportunity to know truth. If you are approaching a family tree with untruth and secrets, then that family tree has little value. Just like when you open up a family tree and put everybody's name, including the deceased, as private, you lose the opportunity of finding your connections. The ancestry DNA is de decided to, it's determined to work alongside your tree so it can help you find people. But if you just do your DNA just to see where you belong in a cultural setting, you lose the opportunity of finding connecting pieces to your threads to your family. Mm -hmm. And the same is true when you hide the information on your tree. It's meaningless to have a tree that only you know who the deceased people are. Right. So, yes, you're right. We're going to have to look for things. You know, when you're creating that family tree, something we didn't talk about is that you can create a book of footnotes. And I call those footnotes because they're really notes about the family, things that you may discover that you might not want to include in the family tree itself, but at least it's a notebook that you can leave for others to discover and help move along your research. You're not going to be here forever, neither am I. So it's important to have someone who can pick up the threads and follow that map that you're leading them to. So, so everything is significant. Everything yes. is significant. And you just want to go about it. Like I said, you know, when I die and someone decides to continue this family tree, it's for them to continue to go behind me. Look for mm -hmm. something that's, that's not accurate and correct. Right. It might be the right. spelling of a name. It might be the middle right. name. You know, it might be the spelling of the last name. Someone got married, and the and an additional last name was added. Right. The, someone needs to continue to go behind you and make sure that it's accurate. Don't right. feel that your tree is the most accurate thing, and nothing needs to change. You well, can't keep up with that number of people, especially if you have a a tree that is as extensive as mine. You mm -hmm. cannot keep up with that number of people and say it is completely accurate. There are holes in it. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to put something in there inaccurate intentionally. True. And that's what we have to, you know, be prepared for. That's what we, we need to work to towards and everything else. Mm -hmm. We want it to be truthful. But you've just brought up something that I, I was thinking as you talked, that private, you can make your tree private, yeah. but still leave the information out there with the people's names who are deceased. Right. The only names that should stay private on any tree should be those who are living. Hmm. 
if the person is deceased, there is no point in keeping their name private. So we have to understand the purpose behind Ancestry's creation of the family tree as well as their DNA. They're designed to work together. Mm-hmm. And if you don't use them properly, then they will not work well for you. And you want to be as accurate as you can, as truthful as you can, and go as far as you can. You know, ancestry research is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say, it's fun. If you do it well, you'll get hooked into it. Right. And you won't want to stop finding who belongs in your tapestry, in your tree. That thread is important because every time you find a new one, you're weaving a stronger tree and a stronger family. Now, the last thing I would like to say before we close out. Mm-hmm. I have adopted this thought, and that is my tree does not belong to me. My family right. does not belong to me. That's right. It belongs to everyone else who's related. That's right. They have a right to come in and, and say, I, I want to know about my cousin. Right. I want to know about my stepfather or my grandmother. Right. Your family belongs to someone else. It's not yours. Yes. That's right. It's not yours only. It belongs to someone else. So let's keep that in mind. And I'm going to ask Martha to close us out. I'm going to say to everyone, like Frank said, that tree is a universal tree. Mm-hmm. It belongs to everyone who's connected to you. And on that note, we're going to say thank you for listening to us, mm-hmm. always supporting us. And on to tell you, we're, we're just pleased at the way that this has evolved. So on that note, we're going to say we love you. We love you. And we'll always want you to be good. To be good.